shit. I'm sorry. I was in a meeting. The following episode of The Walking Dead Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com is the premier source of spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Choose from their extensive catalog of over 215,000 audio programs from leading audiobook publishers, comedy specials, magazine and newspaper publishers, business information providers, as well as many other products. Audible is also the preeminent provider of spoken word audio podcasts for Apple's iTunes Store. In addition to audio programs from outside publishers, Audible.com introduces Audible Studios. Matching the most imaginative and esteemed authors with the world's best performers, including Academy Award winners, respected stage actors, and Juilliard graduates, Audible Studios produces a diverse catalog of engaging audio ventures for every age. Sign up today for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. You'll get a free audiobook, and you'll be helping to support The Walking Dead podcast. So head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash dead and start a new adventure today. And now, we're pleased to present the latest episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. It's The Walking Dead Podcast. Got any advice for me? Yeah, I'd say make a run for it. This is The Walking Dead Podcast, a podcast dedicated to The Walking Dead television show on AMC and The Walking Dead comic from Image Comics. Come on, come on! So sit back, relax, and join the herd. And the only thing we gotta do is kill every last one of them. And hell will follow with him. Welcome to another episode of The Walking Dead Podcast. I'm Scott, and here with me, as always, except when he's not, Mr. Gary. What? I thought it was Jerry. No. Uh, <laughs> that dude. would mean you're a nice guy. <laughs> dude. No. You you're a really good be, dude. You don't get to be Jerry. All right. Well, I'm Mr. Gary, and I'm back. So, hi. And you're exactly. back, too. Yes. You're, we're... We're we're here as one we're, we're together. Here, yes, absolutely. What would the show be without us here as one? Just Big Bird spouting off to Oscar or something be, like yeah. that. We wouldn't be the Borg Collective. We are. <laughs> no. Yes. All right. Well, this is episode two o five of the podcast, and as always, the sanctified boilerplate now proceeds. As always, you can leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash walkingdeadpodcast, which you can find on Facebook. Oh, I thought there was an Instagram. Facebook, which I hate, by the way, but it's a necessary yeah. evil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as a lot of things are yes, today. Yes, All of that social media is yeah. a necessary evil, but, you know, it's kind of there. So, it's a fact of life. (laughs) 
I interact with a few people on Twitter, but that's about it. I don't even post anything to Facebook anymore for myself. Yeah, I've noticed. Yeah. Yeah, I got kind of tired of reading my own stuff, so I just stopped posting mm-hmm. anything. I, I got tired of reading your stuff, too, so I just... I see, so I did you yeah. a favor. Stop, <laughs> yeah. Stop fucking complaining. <laughs> you can also give us a call on our voicemail line at 561-501-1483 and let us know what's on your walking dead mind. Again, that's 561-501-1483. And please, really, call, because I'm just sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting, and we haven't recorded in a while, so I'm just sitting here waiting and waiting and no calls. <laughs> That's your punishment for whining all the time. Ah! <laughs> well, dang, I should be locked in here longer. Yes, you're done. <laughs> I'm not going to send you any more pictures of Alexandra Daddario. Oh, but that helps me get through my day. Well, all right, then maybe I'll do it. All right, thanks. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, in case you forgot or you've been away a while and you shouldn't have, but you're back now, we have recently changed RSS feeds, so the show will no longer be updating on iTunes where it had been since we started the show, not us, since the show started back in May of 2010. And continued a while until we had to change feeds. So. The new feed mm-hmm. is called The Walking Dead Podcast 2.0. The cover art is the same, so you won't be at all confused. And you'll find all the new episodes <laughs> there. So you'll notice the big distinction is that on the old feed, it stops at the season finale of Season 7, whereas the new feed picks up like in the middle of Season 7 and continues on to the current episodes. So just remember, it's Walking Dead Podcast 2.0. Sort of like Son of Godzilla. <laughs> so if you haven't already done so, get on over there and subscribe today may save your life gary i mean if anything could (laughs) it would be this (laughs) yes with me i just think it's probably diet and exercise but for me what am i gonna do it's certainly not podcasting that doesn't really that's sort of sedentary oh no it's super healthy (laughs) my mouth (laughs) and this microphone can be heavy but you know yeah, but I mean, you're not lifting it. Exercising my mind. <laughs> not much, since there's not much of my mind left. Mm. <clears throat> Is this on? Uh, <laughs> all right, well, now on to the main event, our overview of season 8.1, as opposed to, you know, other 8s. 8.2? Yes. 8.3? Not going to be an 8.3. 8.15? Okay. Now we need to listen to the transition music. So, <laughs> well, overall, I've liked most of what I've seen so far this season. I think it's a very good adaptation. In some cases, it's better than the book story. But before we get into that, and I know you're just waiting there with bated breath, Gary. Oh, yes. Before we get into that, (laughs) Gary had a major announcement to get through. If I had it, I would play the CNN breaking news music, (laughs) but I don't have it, so. And we don't want to get sued, so. Not that we would get sued, anyway. Well, I'll only (laughs) use a few seconds of it. Yes. 
Um, but anyways, we had a giveaway recently to help support our friend Mike and his convention, the uh, Orlando Toy and Comic Con. Uh, Scott and I were invited, but unfortunately we weren't able to go. Uh, it was a nice little one-day convention, though, and it looked like it went really well for them. They had uh, Tony Moore, the original artist of the Walking Dead comic, um, was one of their guests of honor. Wow. And uh, How did that yeah. work? How did that work? <laughs> he, he, they had to settle a lawsuit when he left over profit. Yeah. I don't know exactly how that all shaked out, but they fully credited him as Walking Dead artist, and oh, he was there with oh, no, books the, away and things like that. The um, the opening credits of the show also put Walking Dead created by Robert Kirkman, Tony Moore, and Charlie. That's Abbey. right. He's always credited as one of the creators, even though you know why. Um, why? That was part of the settlement agreement. Oh, that makes sense. That's a smart guy. Originally, um, Kirkman wasn't going to put him on there because he wasn't affiliated with the comic book at that point. Yeah. He, was only, he only was affiliated with the comic book for the first six issues. Well, he did covers for like the first 20 or so, I think. Mm. He kept doing covers. I looked that up the other that day. Right? He, okay. did, he did more covers after he left as the main artist, but, uh. but he was completely done with the book by, I think, like, Somewhere between 12 and 20. I forget exactly where, but still relatively early. Okay, yeah. So it's like season one. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go on. No, it's cool. Um, But anyways, he was their guest of honor, and most of the other uh, attending guests were comic professionals and things like that. They had some cool uh, – uh, his name um, his name escapes me right now, but the uh, he's one of the most famous uh, Rick Grimes cosplayers was there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, I have no idea who that is. No, no, no. But he—he's a really. If you look at him, he looks like Andy Lincoln with a beard. It's—it's it's remarkable. I don't know how he does it, but. Um, In other words, he looks like Andy Lincoln. You know, a couple seasons ago. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but no, it's um, it looked like a really great show, and I was glad to be able to help promote it in uh, whatever way we could. So I came up with this contest. I finally got a few of those collector bottles of or bottles collector boxes of Tabanero hot sauce bottles that had the Walking Dead theme on them. Um, I think I talked about them a little bit here on the show, but uh, instead of mild to spicy, they're dead to deadest, um, and they're really good, decent sauces from a local Florida company. Um, and I also have a little Walking Dead swag pack giveaway of all stuff that we have left over in our prize closet here. Oh, and good to have a swag pack. Yeah, yeah. You know, just to sweeten the pot a little bit. I haven't had a swag and... pack in some time, and I miss those days. <laughs> it's a sad day. Um, yes. But anyways, with a little uh, drum roll, please. Okay. Desiree, you won our prize pack. Um, I'm not going to share your last name on here just in case, but I will definitely message you uh, once this podcast goes up. And um, congratulations. Yes. Do you hear it? Up there in lights. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations indeed. Yes. Uh, we'll get that prize pack to you after this episode goes up. Congratulations, Desiree, and uh, keep your eyes peeled, like I said, for another sh- a contest yeah. coming up soon. And thank you, everybody, who participated in the contest. It means a lot to us. Indeed. A lot to the show, and we're glad we can do it. Thank you, Gary, for, for being the lead on that. Of course. And I was happy to see the interaction, too. That was really cool. Yeah. Those make the the whole the whole thing, the whole shebang, the show, and everything else really makes it come together. Great, makes so, me having a deal with Scott even worth it. Yeah, well, you know that's a it's a quite an effort. 
on its own. So <laughs> I have to put a lot of work glad, into glad it. Glad you came up with something to to make that happen, <laughs> Dick. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, where were we? Oh yes, Gary's a dick. I mean, um, overall, I've like most of what I've seen so far this season, except Gary, and uh, I think it's a very good adaptation. Except Gary. And in some cases, it's better than the book story, but not in the case of Gary. Anyway. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, things I did not like. Uh, Eugene. Gary? <laughs> Gary. <laughs> Eugene, Gabriel. Did I mention Gary? Uh, <laughs> and the fucking garbage dump people. Oh, know. garbage dump people. Yes. Who, was, worse, who, remind me, who remind me for some reason of Gary. <laughs> Dang. You got me. Yes. He takes but also <laughs> bothers. He takes but also bothers. Takes but also bothers. Yeah. Oh, man. I See, I was going to say the garbage dump people are worse than the forgettable pirate squad, but then you just started comparing them to I Gary. No, I kind of I kind of wish the forgettable pirate squad was there. Because <laughs> they don't, don't talk like, you know, Jar Jar Binks if he was drunk. Power! Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, me so. <laughs> need, an, uh, need another drink, so. <laughs> need a little drink, so. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say real quick, just in case people didn't get that reference, we're talking about the uh, the oh. pirates from the second season of Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. Uh, we always had fun. I was really hoping that they would make the leader of those pirates, a guy named Connor, like a regular villain. But alas, they did not. And they took him and Michelle Ang, a.k.a. the girl with a we're-all fuck look on her, on her face, <laughs> who may or may not also be named Charlie, or whatever the names were that they used. And she had a different name when credited for the Flight 8552 webisode series. And then they brought her into the show for a two-episode cameo appearance basically hmm. you know wants to get like cut off the back of a raft and then uh later to be seen in a brief scene where there's a jail cell and then mm -hmm. she goes away and we never hear from her again she would have been like a badass character to keep on the show yeah but they didn't do it because they're well they're who they are Anyway, um, I think they really missed a chance though to have her be a really cool recurring. It would have been a really good. Know. It would have been a really good character who fell outside whatever that. Um, what is that? Uh, you've mentioned it before on on the the previous show we used to do Gotham about how female characters are usually they have their entire existence has some connection to a man. Yeah, I forget, I forget what the, the actual name of that's um, called. <clears throat> me too. There's a there's a test though mm -hmm. um, that you can apply to Bechtel any or um, something like that. It, it's actually something like that. It sounds very familiar. Um, but it was basically the idea is take any piece of media, be it a TV show or movie or whatever, and apply this test to the female characters. That if the there's any scene at all where two female characters have a conversation in that project together alone that doesn't involve talking about a male, you know, just a total straight conversation between females that doesn't involve men. Um, and it's actually surprisingly rare. This is called the Beck, the Bechdel test. Bechdel test. Yes. Yes. It is asks whether a work of fiction features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. 
Mm-hmm. The requirement that the two women must be named is something is sometimes added. About half of all films meet these requirements, according to user-edited database in the media industry press. The test is used as an indicator for the active presence of women in films and other fiction, and to call attention to gender inequality in fiction. The test is named after the American cartoonist Alison Bechdel, in whose comic strip Dykes to Watch Out For first appeared in 1985. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she credited to a friend, Liz Wallace, and to the writings of Virginia Woolf. After the f- test became more widely discussed in the 2000s, a number of variants and tests inspired by it have been introduced. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> to, Michelle Ang would have... Uh, flown outside of that. Yes. Her her presence was solely based on her. And that's why they should have kept her. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, they would have also dealt with the issue that in Hollywood there's kind of a um, a shortage of really strong Asian characters, or Asian performers in strong characters. Mm-hmm. There's one of the criticisms that they had when... Um, Grace Park and um, Daniel Day Kim left Hawaii Five-O. Yeah. Because I think I I think they're both Korean by descent. I know he's from Korea, and I think she's I think she's from Canada, but of Korean descent. And they were one of the one of the few. There were it was one of the few shows that had two main characters, strong characters uh, that were Asian. So, in fact, when Daniel Day came and left the show, he mentioned, you know, it's it just happened, and I'm, you know, I realized that it's going to be a challenge to find good roles for an Asian actor in Hollywood. But who knows? He's done some good stuff, though. He had a good yeah. role on Lost for a while. Yeah, he did. And he has done a lot of science fiction, Star Trek, uh, Voyager. He was on one, and then he was he had a. A role on you know main main he was like the executive officer on on the short-lived uh, Babylon Five uh, Crusade. Oh, okay. Which um, was supposed to be a a full series, but then I don't know what happened when TNT took over Babylon Five. It wasn't like in their programming goals to have science fiction shows, mm. so they turned it into a limited series as well. Which I only saw a few episodes because it just wasn't you know. Yeah. It wasn't as good as the original, but that's off the off the track. Anyway, <laughs> that was a long way to go. Just to say, I wish Michelle Ang had stayed on the show. Yeah, but I mean, you're right in a roundabout way. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, a, a long roundabout way. <laughs> but no, I was um, I was hopeful to see more of her, and we always kept talking and joking about her, assuming she'd come back again, and yeah, no, nope. just didn't happen. And I'm saying this as someone who didn't watch. Um, I haven't watched season three. Yeah, true. That. I've seen actually. I saw the first episode in about ten minutes of episode two. And suppose from everything I've heard and actually what I saw, I think season three is probably significantly better than season two. And I heard from other people who watched both shows and they really were impressed with Fear the Walking Dead, which I thought. To myself when they told me, are you on drugs? Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Apparently, it's uh, it it got really good reviews. I mean, hell, they inter- they reviewed it, renewed it for season four. Mm. So and it has um, 
they had good use of Dayton Cali. So how can yeah. you go wrong there? Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and a character that had become quite annoying was uh, dispensed to us early on. So that's good. Yes. Um, do you know who it was? No. Not, okay. Then I'm not going to say in case you plan on watching it. So um, I'm going to – I want to watch it at some point, and then we can recap it in in whatever way we decide, just not every week. Yeah. Do you know, do they plan on doing it right after uh, the last half of Walking Dead ends again? It looks like it. From what I've okay. seen, it's supposed to start in May or, or late April, which would be about eight weeks. Okay. Either early May or very late April, right after uh, Season 8 of Walking Dead concludes. And while we're talking about that, mm. you know, I wanted to bring up a little bit of a... There's a concern in general media, in the media-verse, or in the, in the realm of TV reporting, that uh, although the way people write it, it doesn't sound like they're concerned at all. <laughs> or like, you know, piling on. But um, apparently the ratings have taken quite a hit of late. I mean, I know they've just been slowly dwindling for years. Yeah, no. Um, actually, I'm looking at it right now. They have taken a significant hit. Um, just to give you an example, they used to routinely get between 13 and 15 million viewers a week. The se- the mid-season finale, mm-hmm. 7.89. Ooh. So they've lost like half of their market share. Since we didn't end up doing our own podcast on the on the show, I and I found uh, Engage, which is the officially licensed podcast for Star Trek, for the entire Star Trek universe, officially licensed by CBS. And uh, they were discussing briefly about that one guy used to watch The Walking Dead, but he stopped after <laughs> season seven started. Mm. Seems like the point at which the ratings really started to slip was season seven premiere yeah and uh you know just taking a look at it briefly the well i've got it up here you know season one the average ratings was around a five in terms of millions of viewers i don't have the the 18 to 49 thing but season two they went up to i think the highest was the season finale which was like just under nine and then it really started to go through the roof, mm. increased in season three, and then the like the season premiere of season two was ten million, and that was the, I mean, excuse me, season three was ten million. The season premiere of season two was seven point two six. The pilot opened with five point three five million. Now season four, the Season premiere garnered 16 million viewers, right? And mm-hmm. the finale of season four was 15.68. Then it was 17 million viewers for season five premiere. And then it ended with 15 million for the finale. Now, the season six dropped a little bit. The final, the season finale of season six was 14 million viewers. Now, when season seven started, the ratings for the premiere, where we lost Abraham and Glenn, yeah, the, it spiked. The, 
the 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 reviews on it was that it was so over the top violent that a lot of people were just totally turned off. The ratings for that ep- the episode were 17 million. The very next episode they dropped by five million, and it never it never recovered. The season finale for season seven was only 11 million viewers. Yeah. And it was just slightly more than that for the season premiere of season eight. But it's been steadily dropping since. The next one was eight million, and it's kind of ticked down each episode until the season, the mid-season finale was 7.89 for season eight. So that's a significant decrease. Yeah. That's far more than I was even aware of. Of course, I haven't been keeping track of it, but that's a complete... I, mean, that's I actually, I don't remember looking at it, but I assumed it was around 10 like it was last year. No. I didn't realize it had dipped down to 7 and 8. Yeah, so I thought maybe we could talk about that for a few minutes because my concern is, and I, I tell you, I, I haven't been as excited to watch it as before. No. Um, I still like the show, but I haven't been as excited. Like, I used to really, like, I want to, you know, want to watch this. Now I'm like, I'll watch it, but I can watch it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, to be honest, if we weren't doing a show every week, I would probably just do like I did with season three before I was podcasting and just watch it all at once at the end. Yeah. That's normally, you know, or I'd watch it a few episodes at a time and come back. But, you know, I wonder though, if this is going to be a continuing trend, what they're going to be doing. I mean, you know, the news that came in over the break is that Scott Gimple is stepping down as showrunner. Yeah. And he's going to oversee the entire franchise, uh, the two shows. And then Angela Kang, who's been on the writing staff, the production staff for all, she's going to be the new showrunner from 8.2, or I mean from episode 108, uh, that being um, uh, the ninth episode of season eight, the the mid-season premiere. She's going to be the showrunner from then on. But one of the criticisms of that is that she's part of the quote-unquote establishment production establishment of the show so is it going to really be that much different i don't know you know the problem i have with all this is is not that it's not good although i've heard people that really like the show have done nothing but complain about the writing this yeah season. And, the, and the general complaint is that they're into all this action and it's not really even that well choreographed and then they're not developing the characters anymore now that you know um I, I can't say that, that that point is without merit because they're not spending a lot of time on character development. The problem is, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You need the character development, but a lot of people complain about the character development as being too slow. Yeah. You know, I always put it in context that, yeah, sometimes they're slow, but they're very necessary. And perhaps they need to to uh, reevaluate that and maybe have a few more of those. Instead of constant combat, but I don't know. To me, it wasn't it wasn't over the top. There wasn't too much, and really, it's I think it's following the book story quite nicely. You know, and I don't I don't really understand I don't really understand how people can watch this and be disappointed with the pace of the story or what's going on. I think it's in depth, fine. And I think there's a lot of stuff that they've added that's not in the book. That makes it actually more realistic and a more fulfilling story. I don't know. Well, because we're watching it week to week, I find there's more to be excited about than 
I feel like there is, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. as we're doing our episode, talking about it more, I kind of get excited. I'm like, oh, this thing was really cool, and this thing was really cool. And I don't have a lot of negative things to say most episodes. But looking at it overall, like you said, I'm losing interest, kind of. You know, like, if I didn't have to do this, not have to do the show. If I wasn't doing this show and dedicated to the show, personally... I don't think I'd keep up with it because it's not. No, I, I feel like it's plateaued, kind of. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's probably what I think the general criticism is getting at—that it this doesn't, it doesn't seem unique anymore. And like Negan was a good shot to the arm. I think I really love him, but most of the fans haven't stuck around for Negan, to be honest. And I think I think maybe that is it was so over the top when he was first introduced that it now seems they can't really top it. And maybe yeah. it was a mistake to go there. I remember their, Gimple said their rationale was to go so extreme that they were able to tone it down for the rest of the season. But I think maybe they could have had a buildup to something. Yeah, that would have been cool. And again, maybe they also showed too much of it. In the, in the book, as Don pointed out, our friend Don when he came on, was that they don't really show much more than a couple of frames of of connecting with Glenn's head, and the rest of it's done in silhouette. Mm-hmm. And, and again, they didn't really, I don't know. I just, I wasn't affected negatively, but I have a little more invested in watching the show. And we also kind of knew what to expect. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, I know people that didn't read the comics had some sort of idea what to expect because it was such a big point that people were talking about it that, oh, you know what's going to happen? You know, and it kind of. I don't want to say it was leaked, but I know people expected Negan to kill at least someone. Um, it, most people did in, in the premiere, but they, I don't think they expected it to be that bombastic and intense, you know? Yeah. And and that, I'm sure, did drive some people away, as as it seems evidenced with the numbers. Um, but I, mean, I, I think looking forward, I think it's just going to keep dropping more. You know, next season will be like six to eight million Yep. Um, and it'll probably hover around there. I don't see it going much lower than that. The thing quickly. is, the thing is, but, can can the show survive? Usually, when shows have a ratings drop that big, they usually get dropped. Well, they're lucky because they're on cable, and they sure. have a spinoff that's successful, and they have a lot of merchandise and comics that are still successful. Um, for now, I think they're safe, but. I think they've already it, been renewed for season nine, if I'm not mistaken. That, that would make sense, I'd imagine. They probably have to start working on it, you know, in May or whatever. I don't know how long, but I, I don't know. I don't really see a way out at this point. I don't see them changing the show that much to revitalize it. Um, well, and I don't even know what they could do if they were trying to, you know. Yeah. I don't know. They'd have to. They'd have to do more character development and maybe. I don't know. I really wouldn't know what to say. But uh, I assume if they want to keep doing the show, they're going to have to do something. It seems odd to me that, that the the show that's perceived as better now is Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't it know. so strange to me. But whatever. We're, we'll still be watching for now. <laughs> Well, maybe this will give us a little more, um, a little more discussion point here. Uh, there's an article that we were talking about earlier before we started recording 
on Entertainment Weekly. Uh, the Walking Dead, Andrew Lincoln previews, previews, previews Carl's sad farewell. Um, it says, things have gotten pretty heavy on The Walking Dead lately, what with Alexandria being bombed to high hell, the kingdom coming completely undone, and Maggie watching someone executed right before her eyes. And things are about to get even heavier when the show returns on February 25th. Um, they go on to say there's a swan song of one of the original season one characters. Uh, the cast members and producers have not bothered playing coy about it, signaling the next episode will be the last for both the character and the actor who played him from the beginning. Okay. This does not count the possibility of a f- future flashback or dream sequence, which pop up from time to time. Um, which, to me, that's news. I don't remember hearing them fully confirm it. I mean, it seems like it's been expected that he's going to be killed off, but we were all kind of thinking maybe he wouldn't. Yeah. I don't know. Me neither. And uh, um, I, I tell you what, I, I haven't really been a big fan of Carl. Yeah. Uh, for a while, so I'm not really that sad to see him go. I mean, it's just it's different than the um, the book, of course, because he's still very much alive and a very important part of the the uh, story. But by the same time, I just find him to be really annoying most of the time. Yeah. Call me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, Andy says, though, um, Andy Lincoln, uh, who plays Rick, uh-huh. the beautiful thing is what we rarely do in our show. We actually got the opportunity to give him a goodbye. It's unusual in that regard. Usually things happen and people are ripped from you in that world we inhabit. Thankfully, there was some sense of catharsis on this one because we got to leave it all out on the screen. I thought Chandler did a remarkable job as he always has done, but particularly in this episode. Um, they say it's a very sad farewell, a farewell they never thought would happen. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I don't know what to... I don't care <laughs> about Carl going, though, to be honest. I don't either. I don't, I'm sad for the characters, and I'm, I'm hoping it'll make something interesting happen when yeah. now that Rick has nothing to lose, kind of, on that level. Um, especially yeah. in some, you know, it's a, a segment called All Out War. Uh, could be really interesting what an unhinged Rick might do after Carl dies, and I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't either, but uh, I guess we're going to find out. Yeah, <laughs> so. hopefully. All right, well, you're getting back on our, our main topic here, um, unless you have anything else you want to add about that. No, that was it. Just the, like I mentioned, the things I didn't like were um, Eugene. I just, I don't understand what they're doing with that, and I, I can't imagine how they could possibly bring him back over to the main group after he has been such a help to the saviors. There's going to have to be some kind of major thing where maybe he he tries to kill... Um, Negan, or he does something that allows them to utilize his help, but I can't imagine, like, in the book, the thing is, the the Savior's taken prisoner, but he never joins them, and he never mm-hmm. pledges to be yeah. uh, with Negan. Of course, in the book, they don't do that uh, we're all Negan thing. That's a invention for the show, but he's never, you know, given anything more than a shop to build bullets for, and, and he eventually, when they're gone, he escapes. And takes a couple people with him. And so the, there's no question about whether he'll be welcomed back in. 
but in the in the TV show, he's appears very much to be fully committed to working with the saviors. Now he says he just wants to be safe, and he basically work with anybody. But I can't imagine how they'd ever trust him again. I know I wouldn't. I don't trust yeah. him now. I'd shoot him. That's why I don't. I don't like what they've done with them, and I, I understand it. It makes for a nice dynamic, you know, with him slipping back into his old ways and self-preservation, and um, also showing some uh, depth, you know, that he's still willing to consider things and still willing to help out his old teammates slightly, um, or at least not be totally closed off to the idea. He's considered things, but I, I, to me, he's past redemption already. I mean, don't get me wrong, they could do something really cool, but I already, I've kind of checked out on Eugene. I already yeah. think of him as an enemy, kind of, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's it's sad, because I, um, I expected more. Not that they had to do exactly the same story, but uh, even one little scene of him contacting Rick and them somehow, or showing that he was actually kind of a double agent still would have been better to me, but I don't know. They lost me with him, unfortunately. I, I don't know. I just don't care about his line anymore. Yeah, he can die for all I care. Yeah. He and Carl can go open up a pizza store. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't like Yeah, I'm I'm over both of them. And and same thing Gabriel, I don't know what the fuck his purpose is. Um he seems to be. It seems to be a waste. I mean, they didn't do. They aren't. They didn't do anything with the character at this point in the book. No. And I mean, they've got a little more for Seth Gilliam to do, but it's really not. You know, you feel bad because he made a sacrifice trying to save Gabriel, and then Gabriel left him there. Wait a minute. He made a sacrifice trying to save Eugene. No, 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 no. Let me check. Oh. I mean, he made a. He made a, a sacrifice trying to save um, Xander Berkeley. Oh, Greg, right. Greg, Gregory. And um, he, so he got captured because of that. And then Negan is treating him more or less well, but then he's sick. And I'm just like, it's just this, I don't know what they're doing with that. And then uh, the fucking garbage dump people. Why? Why <laughs> did we have to go back there? And then he, they have that whole thing, the little gladiatorial game with Winslow Jr. And then, you know, <laughs> I, and then what happens? He does all that, gets them on his side, then they go there, and at the first bullets, they run away. Well, that was good, Rick. I'm glad you expended all the time trying to get them on your side. Look, look how that worked. Yeah. I mean, we really needed that whole episode where yes. you were locked up and and had to fight your way out and Please. prove your worth. Next like, time, really? just do 15 episodes then. You know, rather than that, <laughs> just do less episodes and put in episodes like that. See, this is probably part of the problem. And and they like they one of the other the article I read one of the criticisms they list was show has become completely divorced from reality. And the picture that they used for that is um, Ezekiel sitting there with a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh? Well, that's just that's out of the comic book. Yeah. I admit. It's fucking ridiculous. It's not quite as ridiculous as the premise of um, Crisis on Earth X, but <laughs> which I loved, by the way. But it's still, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was awesome, but it was so ridiculously ridiculous. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that uh, you know. Yeah. Um, in any event, 
I love that it was like a four-hour movie, like you said, though. That that was I had time to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike that last crossover with the Devastators, I'm like, this is so stupid. Uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, and the only part that the Supergirl episode was when they arrive at the end to get her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, back on. on the, um, yeah, the, the, just do less episodes than stupid episodes. I would really appreciate that. So, you know, anyway, I don't I didn't have a problem with Shiva. It was really sad when Shiva died. It was emotionally, you know, impactful for me. Also, when I read it in the comic book, it was as well. Yes. I remember when I read the when I got to the part where Glenn dies, I was mad. And it had already happened in the book like sometime before I read it, but Yeah. It's just the way I'm like that motherfucker. <laughs> I, I still, you. to this day, though, when we're talking about uh, Walking Dead this season to my friends, you know, work or wherever, um, whenever it comes up, I'm always like, uh, I quote Hardwick in Talking Dead. He's like, they made us care more about the death of a fake CG tiger than they have about most of the deaths of characters this season. True. And they really did. And it, I mean, that speaks That's to, you know. problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then they brought back, you know, it was interesting. They brought back Morales. Mm. Why though? It served no purpose at all. I guess it in sort of a metaf- in sort of in an oblique metaphorical sense, I guess there was a purpose to it, but they didn't do anything with him except, you know, Daryl got to kill him. Okay. I mean well, I mean it was cool in a way, the the point that they were making of how far they've come from where they're at, and that they're both at opposite sides of the battle, but also kind of at the same place. Um, although I, I don't know, it was, I, I get the point they were trying to make there, but it was seemed very fast and wasted basically. Um, to me. Yeah, I agree. It was wasted. Just like a uh, girl with the old world. Fuck look on mm-hmm. her face. A wasted opportunity. But it was Sweeps Week, so they had to bring in Morales because everybody cares about a guy from the first season that we've never talked who, who about or two again. Who disappeared before the first season was over. Yeah. You don't even meet him until, what, episode three of a six run, and he's out by episode five. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he had a, yeah, good. All right. <laughs> Excellent. So, anyway, let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, that's basically, you know, and I liked, I, I've liked most of it. I've liked the what they've done with Negan. He is a very complex bad guy. I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan has done a phenomenal job. I think the character is more realistic than the one in the book, mm. in the way that he acts. I like the addition of Simon. I think he's an excellent Stephen Ogg all the way. Yeah. I think he's just a fantastic character, and he's really added a lot to it. I mean, there was no character like that in the book, except perhaps Dwight, and Dwight was... We knew he was a double agent before the war started. So, and I like I like Austin Emilio's portrayal of Dwight. It's a little different than the one in the book, but... But he's good. But he's done a great job. So I think, you know, overall, I've enjoyed it, again could do without Eugene and I hope that they fix whatever the problems are because it would be nice if the show went on but I'm at the point now that before I would have been like devastated if I found out they were canceling The Walking Dead 
Now I'm like, yeah, I'll be unhappy, but it, it's more of a feature if there's just so many other things to watch. They had a good run. <laughs> yeah, and they've gone eight seasons, which is pretty good. I mean, um, I don't think Next Generation went past seven. Mm. And they were on twice as long, over twice as long as the original series, which just ran three. But, you know, I mean, there's it's not a feature of me not liking the show as much as it is. There's just so many other things to watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally cannot. It, it would be a full-time job to watch all the good shows. It's amazing. <laughs> it would be. Really, with streaming and all that, I mean, I would literally not be able to do anything else. There's so many things on. Even shows that aren't on the air anymore, watching them again is like a new thing. Anyway, so I hope it, uh, what I'm looking forward to is I think they should probably consider wrapping up All Out War at the season finale of season eight. So they can get on to the next thing. Yeah, I think that'll be better for the model that's worked with them. It's not action mm-hmm. heavy. There's action in it, but there's a new dynamic. I've been reluctant to do comic recaps on this because I don't really want to spoil this, but I'm getting to the point where we might not be able to if we don't do it now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we may start that. That would be, I think, volume 22, which is after... Everything's over with the saviors. So, um, thing is, Carl's alive and well, and living yeah. at living at the hilltop. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a whole thing in there. Not to get too into it, but there's a whole dilemma, and this is part of why the the drama and the character development is so important. There's a whole segment in the first six issue arc of that of volume twenty two. Those six issues where um, Rick is faced with the reality that his son is now grown up to the point where he wants to move out. And he wants to go move to the hilltop and pursue a career as a uh, blacksmith Mm -hmm. with Earl Sutton being his apprentice. And so Rick avoids talk. Carl keeps wanting to talk to him about it, but... Rick is like, he doesn't want to deal with it because he doesn't want to face the fact that his son wants to leave. But he knows that he's going to have to, as all parents do. And finally, he has to... Finally, he knows if he doesn't talk about it soon, Carl's going to get mad. (laughs) So finally, he talks to him about it, and you can tell he's just, like, heartbroken. But he does what, what he needs to do. Yeah. And that, you know, uh, they won't be able to do that now, but... Um, perhaps they will. Div- I th- I have a feeling that with Carl gone, that they'll ad- they'll adapt those roles into an older Judith. That'd be interesting. Because they can set the time frame however they want. They could even make you know in the book I think it's two and a half years later, is when the new stuff starts with the old man Rick. Um. And they could actually set it much later than that. Because we don't know how much time has passed, and I don't know how old Judith is. Judith seems like she's about three or four now. They could actually set it to where she's older. But then they would have to say it's like, you know, six or seven years later. Mm-hmm. They could do that. Or yeah. they could do it with another character. I don't know. They seem to be moving towards d- adapting Sophia's um, stuff into the, um, what's her name? Uh, just survived somehow, girl. 
Enid. Enid, the develop, kind of absorbing some of that with Enid because Enid has kind of the relationship that Sophia has with Maggie. And Carl. And, yeah, and Carl. So I could see them actually doing something there. But who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't really know at this point, to be honest. Be interesting. Yeah, it will be. So I'm looking forward to that, and um, hopefully they'll wrap it all up. They seem to be progressing in that direction, and they. I don't think it would be in their interest to drag All Out War out past the eighth season. No. So, but maybe they will conclude it at the beginning of season nine. Who knows? I hope not, though. So maybe they'll conclude it like at the season, uh, episode 15, and then next one will be what happens later. And then they'll leave it on a slightly, a slight cliffhanger to bring you in. And we'll see. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe the writing in the second half will be better. Even your dog thinks yeah. so. Yeah, she agrees. You know, the Shadow knows. Yeah. <laughs> the shadow knows what's in the hearts yeah, of men. <laughs> yes, exactly. The shadow knows what's in the heart of the writer's room. <laughs> well, anyway, um, that's uh, that's our thoughts on the matter. You can contact us as through the usual channels and tell us what you think. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she, there we go. She really wants you to tell us what you think. So, anyway, uh, we're kind of being rushed around by the dog here. So, uh, that's our episode for this week. Everyone, leave your comments and feedback by emailing us at twdpodcast at gmail.com or by posting a comment on our Facebook page. You know where that is? Facebook. The dog poem. Yeah. Anytime a dog barks at me, I get nervous. <laughs> Unless it's my dog, and that just seems cute. Anyway. Yeah. You can also, as I said, you can leave us a... You can leave us your comments and feedback at our email address, twdpodcast at gmail.com, or on our Facebook page, which is located at Facebook. And you can also give us a call on our voicemail line at 561-561-501-1483. And as we usually declare, there's never been a better time to be... A nerd! Exactly. So stay safe wherever you are, and we'll see you back here for our next episode. Hike. And I want to thank all of you for not being here today and not having this meeting with me or, or being seen on your way out. That's our show for today. Thanks for joining us. Please check out our website for all the latest news and updates at thewalkingdeadpodcast.com and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at TWD Podcast. If you like the show, let us know what you think. You can email comments and feedback to TWDPodcast at gmail.com, as well as leave us a review on iTunes. You can also post comments on our website and Facebook page. The Walking Dead Podcast can be heard at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Podbean.com, and SoundCloud. If you're an Android user, you can also download a dedicated Android app at playerfm.com and the Google Store. Please help support The Walking Dead Podcast by visiting our sponsor, audible.com, and signing up for your free, no-obligation trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash dead. Many of our sound effects are provided courtesy of free SFX. Please check them out for all your sound effects needs at www.freesfx.co.uk. 
Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here for the next episode of The Walking Dead Podcast.